You know what? I don't compliment you enough. I call you a bitch a lot. We call each other. You do. We do only on this podcast. (laughs) You do a good intro. You also do a good outro. You're good at introducing and exiting people. You're a good usher. Thank you. That's a compliment, I guess. Yeah. That's always something I'll I'll have in my heart in case I ever need a job. I'll go be an usher. Be an usher. I gotta close the door. Do do okay. do the intro. Do a good good. Are you walking away? Yeah. Do, all right. All right. Do the intro. Okay. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a, the next episode of Mangle Movie Madness. It's trash. <laughs> Fine. Sit back down. Join this intro. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and comfy. Yep. Welcome back. Welcome back. Doors closed. Doors closed. <laughs> I'm Tim. I'm Ryan. This episode, I've been waiting for this episode. I love this movie. Yes, this is episode 11 of Mangle Movie Madness and episode 3 slash week 3 of Big Four of Horror. I forget what we called it. Horror's Big Four. Some amalgamation. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's just the Big Four of Horror. Today. You were trying to do a weird thing with a lot of fours before and it was... Yeah, (laughs) before. (laughs) Before. We are looking at Ryan's favorite. My favorite of the four this week, this Texas week? Chainsaw Massacre. This week. <laughs> or no, my favorite this, my favorite movie we watched, it was this <laughs> week's episode. Uh-huh. My favorite of the month of the four movies we are watching this <laughs> I, I'm so confused. We watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which you could tell by the episode title. I'm so lost. <laughs> and the fact that we said that we'd watch it on week three, like That's a month true. ago. What happened was true. The most bizarre and brutal series of crimes in America. Yeah, this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original 1974, and this is a 
tried and true horror movie. Oh, definitely. Uh, as compared to slasher flicks that we've been watching and will continue to watch for this month. You think it's the first, like, kind of being attacked by hillbillies in the middle of nowhere kind of movie? <laughs> uh, when did Deliverance come out? Oh, man, I don't know. When did Deliverance come out? Wasn't that, like, 79? Wasn't that, like, a little later, towards the end of the decade? I think so. It was... 72! 72, 72 so Deliverance so came out first. So it came out... So this... It builds off of it. Okay, yeah. Builds off of it. So this is a, uh, in my opinion, like exactly what an old horror movie should be, because it's what, actually. What do you mean by an old horror movie? Like, well, because current horror movies are all jump scares and haunted houses. <laughs> but I would still love a movie like this, like that would come out nowadays. I mean, it'd be when a I lot meant an gorier. old. I should have meant like classic. Yeah. Like the original, like uh, when you think of like a good classic first horror wave movie or first wave horror movies. I mean, I wouldn't call it first wave, but um, definitely I don't know what I want to call it. I would definitely call it a movie that had such an impact on the genre that it made ripples and waves throughout all different types of like every genre. Yeah, uh, this one is a very it it instills fear and it instills fear in all the ways that I love. Uh, which is not knowing what's going to come next and being like actually kind of like frightened and scared. I love the way that this movie scares you, not by necessarily the scenes and particularly what's happening, but by like the setups and you have no idea what's going to happen. This movie doesn't really particularly have like an actual story behind it. Really. Yeah. <laughs> like you were saying earlier, um, there's nothing that like there's no really main goal of the movie. There's nothing that the kids are really specifically trying to do except for really, I think, guess they're there to go see her grandfather's grave. Yeah. They had no reason to even really be at that house. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> all of this could have been so easily avoided. But this this movie definitely it does a great job of setting up the scares through its atmosphere. This movie, which we mentioned previously, is the oldest of the big four. Yeah. And in my opinion, Black Sheep... Would you consider? Because how so? What do you mean by there's consistency? There's consistency in the other three in that they're slasher flicks, which deliver a different type of movie. I think than this this has a different feeling than the others. Yeah, the others. I mean, definitely Nightmare and Friday the Thirteenth. They're already like campier um, horror. There's certain tropes and stuff that it's you already know it's gonna follow yeah but this movie is is a different beast all of its own it's not even really and one like a lot of this a lot of the uneasiness of this movie comes from which i think is funny because i think both kim hinkle hinkle and toby hooper i think they're both from texas oh yeah a lot of the information and stuff that they use isn't even really scary stuff in this movie like none of it it's just stuff that normal Ameri- – not normal Americans, but most Americans wouldn't really think about in their day-to-day lives. So when they go into great detail about, like, killing cattle, mm-hmm. like, that's stuff that they probably would know about being from Texas and being, you know, around a huge population that has a lot of investment in cattle. But, you know, maybe that's not something that's scary to him, but he realizes that somebody who doesn't grow up that, around that kind of environment would – be scared of those kinds of things or at least find it a little bit creepy or odd and he really knows how to use those that information and those storylines to create 
an atmosphere of terror that you don't really understand at first when the movie begins and you start to hear about all this kind of stuff. And it's that's different from like any of the other movies, except for maybe I would say like the psychotic background of Michael Myers. But I don't know. I, I think that going into this, you don't know what you're going to see. Like you what what do you what defines a massacre? You think of a lot of like, I don't know what I'm going to see in terms of kills. I'm going to expect chainsaws, but really only one person gets killed with a chainsaw. Well, two, I guess. One goes from living to dead via chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One 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 gets only killed with a chainsaw. Yeah. The other gets... uh, Why did they have to make the wheelchair character in this movie so bad like i hate him he's so annoying i liked him and then i hated him yeah you like him at first because you're kind of like oh he's in a wheelchair he's had a hard life no i thought he was funny and then we get to the and then we get to when it's just him and sally and i'm like oh my fucking god die i want him dead yeah i I want franklin dead maybe that's kind of the point though is that there's always that one character, or I mean, in some movies like Friday the Thirteenth, you get to the point where you hate everybody, like you hate all the teenagers. You just want them to die. You're excited for the kills. You're excited to see that happen. Yeah. You don't even necessarily Not connect Ned. with the characters, but they almost try to make the characters someone that you would hate. Yeah. Like eventually, and Franklin's that character that you eventually you're just like, oh, just fucking die. He's <laughs> like, the first. Shut up. He's the first of these characters that I wanted dead. Yeah. Certainly didn't want Ned dead, especially that early. Uh, definitely didn't want Nancy dead. Franklin can die. Yeah. So let's start talking about what trials and tribulations some of these people went through. Oh, yeah, you... uh, there is a lot of, there's a little more controversy to this. Now, I have heard some of the stories behind um, like the horrible conditions that they were going through Subjected when filming this to. movie. Yeah. And a lot of it was because the Toby wanted to create an atmosphere, kind of like almost how they did the Blair Witch Project while they're out in the woods. Like they would intentionally scare them. They would intentionally kind of leave them off by themselves, make them, you know, kind of get lost around the woods and start to get that innate fear like in, built inside of them so they'd be acting better for the movie. Yeah. I don't know how much of that was necessarily Toby's, um, like, Full intent. Full intent, yeah. Or if it was just due to the low budget that they had for the movie or, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. As compared to the most controversial thing we've had is the killing of a live snake. Yeah. Human resources would be all over this movie. And now you might might know the answer to this. I don't know. Did they use real human bones for some of the stuff? I do not know. I actually cannot tell you. Okay. Uh, This movie's budget... Was a measly three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars compared to Friday the Thirteenth, which very limited, had more than twice the amount, almost three times the amount of budget. They Texas did a Chainsaw great did. job with the budget they had for this movie because if you think about it, all that they really do is go to the cemetery real quick, go to that like rundown gas station, and then go to two other houses. Yes, and those are both already like you know rundown houses. I'm sure that I don't know if they just found those houses and just decided to use them or whatever. But In comparison, on a positive note, Nightmare on Elm Street grossed $25 million mm-hmm. after its full theatrical run. Friday the 13th made $39 million. This movie was way more of a financial success than most of the other movies. Oh, definitely. Especially Nightmare on Elm Street, which had over a million dollars for a budget and made less 
and it's theatrical run than Texas Chainsaw did, which is $300,000. But yeah. also there was more of an appeal to this movie because it was something different. Well, that's the thing, though, is I think that's part of the reason why there's so little actual gore in this movie. Yeah. Because they, they probably couldn't afford it. Yeah, the you got to twist and you got to twist and manipulate the scenes around so that you think you're actually seeing you know somebody get cut up or somebody hung on a hook, but you're not actually seeing those things, just being manipulated in the moment to think that maybe you saw that or like or it's creepy enough at least to get that feeling across. Right. Like didn't, they didn't have the money to hire you know practical effects artists and all that stuff to do you know pe- getting people's head chopped off or a bunch of blood. Let's begin. Talking about those who were the subjectors <laughs> of this horror oh, and, yeah. and the masterminds behind Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, here we go. And rolling sound. Quiet. Here we go. Ready? Speed. Speed. 126.7. Ready. And starting right on the lens. Ready. Okay. And, and action. Toby Hooper and Kim Hankel. Toby Hooper, the director of the film. Uh, the sole director of the film. The screenplay was written by Toby Hooper and Kim Hankel. Yes. Toby Hooper was born in 1943 and died only two years ago at a, uh, a relatively ripe age of 74. And he was born in Austin, Texas. And he worked on, honestly, not a lot in terms of a director. He only has 39 credits to his name. And he didn't. you didn't really find him jumping around places like other people do. Well, he... So a problem with, well, I mean, not a problem with Toby, but a problem that he had throughout his career was after Poltergeist, did you, do you know the whole, it wasn't Steven, Steven Spielberg, his whole controversy was Steven Spielberg? No, actually. Steven Spielberg was on as either, I think it was a producer or an editor or something for Poltergeist when, cause Toby Hooper is the director of Poltergeist and people most often claim that, uh, Steven Spielberg kind of took the reins from Toby and ended up like Steven Spielberg was like actual like director kind of behind the scenes of, of Poltergeist, which really made Toby feel mad because he was really proud of that movie. Um, and all the work he had put in, even though, I mean, it, it was shown that it's, Spielberg had at least a hand in a lot of the scenes like he he's an amazing director uh, you know in and of himself that he would obviously you know help out a little bit but they kind of made it seem like he took over the whole movie from Toby and it wasn't really Toby's movie that he shouldn't get any actual credit as like the director which kind of not blacklisted him but kind of put him in bad standing when he got like mad about that situation yeah 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 you that's Touching, definitely. Uh, people are very passionate about their creations. And at the end of the day, Toby Hooper should... I mean, he's the brainchild of Poltergeist. Is that not correct? Yeah. Let's say it's... It movie. was his movie, yeah. yeah. I mean, not to say that Steven Spielberg didn't have a big hand in it, but it is Toby's movie. He started in 1964 with The Heisters, which is a short. And throughout the years, he was super busy in the... Uh, 80s and half of the 90s, about the early 90s especially. Yeah, I mean, his he was most known for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 and 2, Poltergeist, Spontaneous Combustion, the Salem's Lot miniseries on TV, uh, Night Terrors. He directed episodes of Freddy's Nightmares and Dark Skies as well as... He made appearances on Masters of Horror, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was in, in 2005. He has a couple of acting credits, and that might have been um, some other... Uh, some other episodes of Masters of Horror that maybe some of his friends directed. Mm-hmm. 
the last thing he did was in 2013, about four years before he died, he did a movie called Jin, D-J-I-N-N. Unfortunately, the movie was not very well received. <laughs> Apparently not. Mostly horror, almost all horror. In 1983, he did do the music video for Billy Idol's Dancing With Myself. The screenplay was done by Toby Hooper and Kim Hankel, who we alluded to. And Kim Hankel, he's an old boy. Yeah, he's he still actually, alive, too. Yeah. He, someone with so something we didn't mention was, uh, I think it was Toby Hooper's first movie, 1969's Eggshells. Uh, Kim Hankel actually was an actor in that movie. And that's his first foray into filmmaking, or I guess films in general, was acting in that movie. I'm guessing that's probably, I don't know if they knew each other beforehand or if that's their first chance or meeting. Hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, he got his start as a writer in 74 with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he, like the others, uh, or like Toby Hooper, not only lied in horror, but just lied in Texas Chainsaw pretty much for most of his writing career. A lot of, uh, honestly, a lot of the people associated with this movie, most or like 90% of their career has to do with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. He was involved in one, uh, three. He was involved with the video game yes. from 83. He did The Next Generation. Uh, he was also involved in some of the shorts like Jason versus Leatherface and The Chainsaw Murders and uh, 2013's Texas. Texas Chainsaw Chex Mix Chainsaw Massacre. Oh my god. Oh dude, can uh, you imagine a Chex Mix with like hol- like a Halloween edition? Chex Mix? Oh yeah. A little with Leatherface on it? Ugh. Anyways, uh, he has one director credit because he actually did direct Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation in 1994. Yeah. His most recent work was 2017's Leatherface. Yes. As a writer. I think he was a character writer, not a, like the full writer for the movie. We have uh, Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel as producers as well. And then we have two additional producers, uh, Richard Sains and Jay Parsley. And they're pretty interesting because Texas Chainsaw Massacre were their only works. Yeah. Neither of them have worked on anything else, which I'm assuming they were probably good friends of either Kim and or uh, Toby. Yeah. And just helped them out with the movie. Yeah. Help me get through this shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, yeah, it lands them a IMDb article. Yeah, man. I mean, who and you get associated with being with helping out to create one of the best horror movies of all time. That's <laughs> true. That is true. Regardless if it's your only credit, it's one of the best horror movies of all time. Is your one credit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'm fine living off of that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. So that is, those are our people. A a measly four people. On a very measly budgeted movie. That yeah, is I the, mean... That is the imagination of uh, unless Toby the, Hooper going nuts while Christmas shopping. Yeah, unless the movie is being sponsored or put together by, like, a really high-grossing or, like, a big production company, um, they don't usually have more than, like, maybe two or three producers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, typically. So, in some of the bigger movies, some Schwarzenegger movie-level uh, would have a lot uh, of films but. that we watched have had maybe five to six producers mm-hmm. with, you know, them being divvied between just a regular old producer, associate producer, executive producer, you yeah. know, those kinds of positions, second unit directors and all that. Uh, so do you understand, do you know the origin of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Uh, so the, the character in general is based off of uh, Ed Gein. He, so the story of, or the character of Leatherface 
it, the whole fan I mean the whole story is very loosely based off of the story of Ed Gein and they basically just got the parts of Ed Gein digging up bodies and using those body parts to make things and like furniture or uh, like you know, like a headlamp like remember the headlamp over the table <laughs> yeah like stuff like that yeah yeah about a headlamp by headlamp <laughs> Toby Hooper was Christmas shopping I believe in 1972 and he I don't know what the hell he was thinking at the time but uh he kind of was just imagining like done with the Christmas season it's it's mentally wearing him down and yeah. he's in a Montgomery ward and he's in the tool section and he sees these chainsaws dangling and he's like what if I just escaped this Christmas mess of a store by, by just chainsawing everybody, <laughs> everybody, and then escaping, and uh, that got his creative juices flowing, and he ended up writing this movie based kind of on that thought. Dude, that seems completely accurate. Everybody's had that situation. Everybody's been in a scenario yeah, right, right, right. where you're around a bunch of people, and be like, if I could just shoot all of, shoot them. everybody, blow them all away, take yeah. a chainsaw, and just go hacking heads off. It feels so much better. <laughs> Let's move on to our cast. <laughs> we begin with our... So we will be talking about the five teenagers and the Sawyer family, which we don't know they're called the Sawyers yet. No, they don't... Does, I don't think it's... We learned that until the second movie. I don't... Uh, yeah. But we're, we're, we're talking about most of the crazy family, minus the grandfather, uh, because of how bit of a role it is. Yeah, and the grandmother's dead, so. <laughs> yeah, and the grandmother's dead, so. Uh, we begin with our main girl, our final girl, Sally, who is played by Marilyn Burns. Now, she's probably one of my favorite final girls, and yeah. it definitely has to do with her affinity for jumping out of windows. <laughs> <laughs> she jumps out of two windows. Yeah, but that's more than... Any other and, final girl I can think of jumping out of windows. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> uh, she began as an actor in 1970 with an uncr- uncredited role in Brewster McCloud and Helter Skelter, a miniseries from 1976, and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 74 were some of her first known roles. She also did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D and The Next Generation and another film called Eaten Alive, which also had Toby Hooper and Kim Hankel involved with it. Yeah, that was another movie that was written by Hankel and directed by Toby Hooper. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a lot. Like, she... I named, like, half of the she- things she's been in. Yeah. She's very... Honestly, although she's still working, Yeah, she only has 14 credits as an actress. Um, her most recent work is an upcoming movie called In a Madman's World, mm-hmm. which does not have a release date. No, it's in post-production right now. Yeah. She, yeah, she is a pretty good final girl. She was praised for how realistic her acting was in, like, this type of scenario for yeah. the movie. it's pretty good. Just things that aggravate me, not about her or her character in any sort of way, but just of how horror movies kind of were the way that they were like i was just like just get How so? like like slowly going through the branches and like oh yeah and like yeah the gotta, get, gotta make that space she's being chased she's screaming even though like, yeah stop fucking screaming so they won't know where you are yeah there's so many times where he was like lost for a second and then she screamed and he's like oh there yeah, you are like yeah. <laughs> but at the same time she is so good at just showing pure on terror on filtered her face. fear yeah yeah so Especially when they do the like later in the movie those close up eye scenes where she's like crying. Yeah, what the hell? Those are some, those are some shots. Yeah, 
What the hell did they do to do that? We run into our first issue with the conditions uh, of this movie. So Marilyn Burns was actually beaten on set by a actor we will talk about later, um, Jim Sidow, who plays the old man. They Basically, she also willingly let them take hits in on her. Mm-hmm. But uh, to try to make like, he was trying to make they were trying to make him feel as real as possible when beating her when before he puts her in the trunk. Uh, he never uh, puts her in the truck. Really beats her though. No, he doesn't. He and they do it multiple. Stick. They do it multiple takes of it, and she says it's okay. Like hit me, and yeah. and people are egging her on. Toby Hooper is again saying hit her, hit her harder, and uh, he actually starts hitting her and and take after take she's getting bruised up yeah and once they i think it was the eighth take they said there's that scene like we got it mm-hmm. and she immediately collapsed and fainted oh well i mean she consented to it though she did consent to it but like you can't get away with that oh no yeah even but if you said i'm okay with it unions ain't gonna let you do that i mean i haven't heard so much female actors doing that i've heard even though even recently like a lot of male actors during like maybe one particular scene will like actually hit me yeah just try to give it more realistic look but uh, one of the more so this is one of the uh, probably the most disturbing parts of this movie that accidentally became true and went way further beyond than it must have and a lot of the stuff for those who are interested you can actually read there is a new york post article that came out in June called the intolerably putrid making of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which talks about like those long hot days where they didn't shower for weeks for oh, continuity. Yeah. People are repeatedly getting out of the house to uh, get oxygen and they're taking, and they took vomit breaks because dude, I can't imagine. Cause they're just out in the field. Like when they were filming out uh, at the house, the yeah. temperature had soared to up to 115 degrees. The, Jesus during that. Christ. And we will talk about a little – when we get to one more cast member, we will talk about some of the – one of the other things. A a quote from him that was so unbelievably crazy that really just cements how ridiculous these conditions were. Can you imagine what it was like for the guy that played Leatherface? In a full – with the in, with the mask and a, a full, full butcher's suit. outfit? Like. Well, and he's – and when they're eating dinner, he's in a full suit. Yeah, he's in like a, like a woman's dress kind of. Yeah. Uh, so – Effects gone wrong is what I'm going to call this. Okay. Um, the who we will label as Hitchhiker because we never find out what his real name is, but he's the no, yeah, crazy. He's, he's the, only referred to as either like the brother or the Hitchhiker. He's or, the brother. He's the uh, the other son. Yeah. In in the crazy house, and he's the Hitchhiker that gets picked up at the beginning. The craziest of the movie. thing is, I want to know who these motherfuckers' parents are. Yeah. <laughs> like we see the grandparents and them. Yeah. Who the fuck gave? to these monstrosities. Yeah, I think he might be dead upstairs. <laughs> Who knows? Um, they were supposed to use a prop knife that had a tube of fake blood that uh, Gunnar Hansen, who played Leatherface, mm-hmm. was going to squeeze onto Burns' finger. So basically, the knife was going to squeeze the blood. Gotcha. And it uh, didn't work. The tube was not working. And the knife was enough to be considered a knife. Like, it's a prop knife, but it's still... It could still cut if needed to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Hansen got really, really impatient after doing this multiple times and the blood's not coming out of the tube. And he ended up actually slicing her finger, which is what they is what you see mm-hmm. in the movie, is you see the actual cutting of the finger. John Duggan, I wanted to say Jim Duggan. Jim, uh, John Duggan, who plays the grandfather, who, fun fact, is actually 18 years old oh, under geez, the mask. Really? 
sucks the blood, the yeah. real blood from yeah. Marilyn Burns's finger. Oh God, that's like the creepiest. Scene Neither the of them too. knew that they actually cut the. She didn't know she actually had her finger cut because she didn't the knife. Well, she keeps feeling the knife. Yeah, but, but she doesn't know that it actually made a cut. So apparently, both of them found. I out think you feel years. a difference if like he's just trying to squirt something on your finger, then all of a sudden your finger gets sliced. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, Burns was very, very mad when they found out about this during a Q&A. She had no idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you don't know. I really don't know. Especially since afterwards, she could have just looked at her finger and be like, my finger's cut. Like, she was... How do you not know? Because I just assumed they did that entire scene. Just one go. Oh, Uh, man. She's mad. Duggan said he didn't know that he was sucking on her blood. And then he makes the comment. He's like, if anything, it's erotic. (laughs) (laughs) But, of course, when you're 18 years old. It's also weird for how long that goes. I want to know what Toby Hooper, like, setting up that scene. Like, his 18-year-old and all this, like, old man makeup just, like, slouched over in the chair. Like, yeah. half moving, half not. Yeah. Not even able to, like... He like, doesn't even look like he can actually take a breath. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just sucking on this girl's bloody finger, which... <laughs> yeah. First of all, he I think he should be able to tell the difference between, like... This tastes like some, like, corn syrup, or this tastes like actual blood. <laughs> like He's 18. I don't know if he knows what actual blood tastes like. Or let alone someone else's. It might be a different blood type. Does a different blood type taste different? I don't know. I'm not a vampire. And neither am I. They're all kinds of vampires. <laughs> um, you know when you, you're in the shower, and, uh, like, you're in there for a while, and you come out, Get and your pruny. hands are all pruny? Yeah. His whole body is just he, It looks that. like they put him in a shower and left him in there for, like, three years. I know. He looks like, have you ever seen, like, when they find body, like, in the sewer or something like that? It's just been, like, soaking in water. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. that. But he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's Marilyn Burns. <laughs> Alan Danziger plays Jerry. And Jerry is our driver, if you will. Yeah, so is he's also Jerry the funkiest and Sally, member of the group. like, are they together? It's kind of, I don't know if it seems, because it later like... in the movie, she won't even leave unless she has Jerry, at least. Yeah. So it's never actually that said that they're dating, but maybe they are. Uh, it, it seems like they could be. Yeah. I don't know. That's what she goes searching for at the end. So Yeah, that's true. Uh, Alan, Zing- and Alan Danziger plays Jerry. He was in Eggshells as well. Yeah. So in, another connection to Hooper. In 1969. After that, Hinkle. he did Texas Chainsaw, and then that's the last we saw of him. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, he did a bunch of... Uh, there's self-credits in, like, documentaries that he's credited in. But in terms of films, he did those, too. That's it. Hey, man, get two out. That's all. Say you're an actor. Move on for life. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Paul A. Partain plays Franklin, our least favorite. Uh, my my most favorite character of the movie, who then became my least favorite character of he's the movie. He's the most fun to hate. So yeah. So this is your most favorite in that sense. He gets it good. Yeah, he does. Paul A. Partain, 1946 to 2005, who was also born in Austin, Texas, and died in Austin, Texas. Now, this guy probably has one of the longer career histories. Yeah, seven whole credits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he stretches all the way to 03. He began in 74 with a, an uncredited role in a movie called Love and Molly, the same year he would do Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then he would go on to do Next Generation in 94, where he's a hospital orderly, uh, and he ends in 03 with The Life of David Gale, where he is an uncredited role. He was also in the 77 movie Rolling Thunder and 75 movie Race with the Devil. Yes. Yeah, I, I've i explained enough why I don't like him. William Vale plays Kirk, our uh, our first death of the movie. Yeah. 
I guess he's supposed to be like the manly man of the group. I guess. I don't know because he's like, oh, I bet he was afraid that Kirk was going to kill him. He <laughs> is a great uh, seizure actor. Yeah. That is that looks like complete brain death. Definitely. Like especially the second hit. Yeah. When he just flops completely over. And it's like slows down a bit, but it's like kind yeah. of wider. It's like sporadic. it's like super yeah. realistic as to like what people getting hit in the head because their brain just pff, swells motor controls. To, yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredible. He yeah. did inc- for the brief time he had very good. Oh, except definitely. for like the like when they're in the truck and he's like I don't. I don't want the knife, man. <laughs> he definitely. I uh, mean, I don't know. He doesn't really have much of like a character backstory to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he only has five acting credits. He got started in a short called No Chance at the same year he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre and was also in Poltergeist. He does do a lot of work in the industry, but mostly as a set decorator. Yeah, that's where he found his stride. Is a set decorator. Don't know what that means. Don't know what that means to in comparison to say like stagehand. I mean, they're the one. If the stagehand's just putting it all together, the set decorator's the one that's like designing it. Yeah. So he is currently uh, sixty-eight years old. He's born in San Antonio. That's crazy, man. That yeah. This movie's that old. Yeah, he was born in nineteen fifty, so that he would have been twenty-four uh, in this movie. He uh, his most recent work was as a set decorator for two thousand and twelve. I think it was a Blue movie. Lagoon? Yeah, Blue Lagoon, The Awakening. Beyond me? <laughs> Never heard of it. Our last of the teenagers is Terry McMinn, who plays Pam. <sighs> she looking for <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's some 70s sexy. She got legs for days. Oh, yeah. In those yeah. short shorts. Yeah. She began in 1974 in Texas Chainsaw Massacre and only has four roles to her credit. And one is actually in pre-production called Awakening. After Texas Chainsaw, the next actress role she'd take wouldn't be until 2009 with The Cellar. Yeah, and she did uh, 2012's The Butcher Boys. Mm-hmm. These teenagers did not do a lot of work after. You know what? I wouldn't... I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad either, but I'd also understand why I wouldn't want to work again after... If that was your first movie, which for a lot of them it was, oh, I'm sure it was a bad experience. You're like, put a bad. Taste I'm gonna in your try mouth. set decoration. Yeah. Do you think any of them are still I, making money off this movie? Well, except for the ones that are dead. But uh, well, their estates probably are. I don't know. I mean, I'd probably if I were to be any of these teens, I'd probably want to be William Vale because he probably has to show up. He doesn't have to show up to work. Oh, I'm sure set de- after like, a while. If I were to pick a job, like a set decorator would be really fun for working in hydro aquatics expert, especially for horror movies. I would love to work in practical effects for horror movies. Yeah. Moving on to the family, we'll start with uh, Jim Sidow, who plays the old man, and he's kind of our ringmaster of this weird family. Yeah, it's weird because he's the only one that doesn't have an affinity for killing. Yeah, he's the one that's like, you know, I don't have to to like it to understand that it's like necessary, kind of. Or I yeah. guess if they. They seem to think that it's necessary to kill all these people. but So he was born in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and died in Texas in 2003 at the ripe age of 83. He only has six credits as an actor, uh, his first in 71 with the wind splitter. This would be his second role ever, and then he would do the sequel in 86, and his career as an actor ends in 87 with an episode of Amazing Stories. He definitely, it's never explicitly said that he's the older brother, but I'm guessing because of the kind of control that he exhumes over the other two that he is. They almost like, I mean, they, you know, especially the hitchhiker, like he talks back to him and stuff, but he does what he says. I always imagine that he was 
I always just imagine him as the father. I would think so, but he also called the grandfather his grandfather. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Gunnar Hansen plays Leatherface, who is our who is our he's our killer to be feared. Mm-hmm. However, in this movie, there technically are several different killers to be wary of, but he is our—he is the one that we are supposed to be the most intimidated he's by. He's the one that you—he's the gimmick killer. He's the, yeah, he's the one that's synonymous with the series. You know? Yeah, he it, it, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is Leatherface. Mm-hmm. So he, is, uh, Gunnar Hansen the second, uh, who was born in 1947 in Iceland, died in 2015 in Maine. So he has 30 credits. Uh, beginning with Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 74 and ending in 2017 with Death House. And he did a lot of things with the word chainsaw yeah. <laughs> in the title. Like I said, a lot of a lot of the people that have been connected with this movie have been connected with the series throughout their entire careers, mm-hmm. if they had much of a career. Yeah. yeah. Movies that also have the words Texas Chainsaw or Massacre in the title that he's done include 2007's Brutal Massacre, a comedy, uh, 2004's Chainsaw Sally, and 1988's Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. I've heard of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> have you now? I've heard it's good. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have no idea. But I have heard of that movie. Last but not least, my favorite character in this movie, Edwin Neal. Is he, I love his scene, but he's probably uh, – I could say he might be my favorite character. He – that's a fucking – that's a character Great actor. Great actor. That's a character oh, actor. Oh, yeah. Uh, he plays the other brother to Bubba, um, who we just know as Hitchhiker. Mm-hmm. And he is – Still around, uh, 62 credits as an actor, and he goes as far back as 72, where he was in a TV series called Gotcha Man, which he did uh, voices for. This is a Japanese show. Oh, okay. Then he uh, started his his American was Western film anime? debut was TCM. Uh, gotcha Man was, I think, if you oh, voice yeah, to it. I do know Gotcha Man. It's got the fucking Falcon in it or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> it looks like Speed Racer, but not. Okay. That narrows it down. The, well, the main guy does. Yeah. He's in Wing Commander, <laughs> <laughs> JFK, uh, and he's he's been pretty consistent in his work. He actually has work today, uh, this year, The Best Laid Plans. He uh, was also a voice actor in the DC Universe Online. Yeah, he was Killer Croc and Two-Face. He was in, he's actually in pre-production for a narration role in Open Waters, and he's filming a movie right now called The Mangled. Yes, indeed. That's what we are. So, now let's do the music. So, I wanted, before we go into the soundtrack, I wanted to uh, call attention to how horrid the conditions were for the dinner scene. Ooh, yeah, I want to hear about this. <laughs> so this is going to be, this is very blunt. I'm going to put it very bluntly and briefly, and then we're going to go into the soundtrack. One but, thing I have to say about the dinner scene is that everything, one, the whole room looks disgusting. Whole room is disgusting. But the the plates with the actual food on it look like delicious. at least well set up. That's some good sausage. <laughs> like, <laughs> that looks like some good sausage. Yeah. Um, they filmed this no different than the other things. They hadn't showered in weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a lot of air in that room, uh, and it's 115 degrees. Edwin Neal, who played the hitchhiker, had just come back from serving in Vietnam. Oh, man. And in an interview he did later on after the movie, he said, 
I would rather go back and revisit and reserve in Vietnam before even thinking about going and redoing the dinner scene. <laughs> Did it just put him in a bad headspace, or is it just it, uh, the condition? Apparently, the conditions in Vietnam were better than what he had to put up with in the Fuck. dinner scene. That's, I mean, that's that is... how you fucking know when Vietnam vets just coming back and doing movies are like, Yo, I can't even imagine. I will that, go back see... to Vietnam. Before I go and film a fucking dinner scene again. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, it being... Because if it was really that bad, if you imagine how gross and disgusting it looked in the movie, I can't even imagine, like, in real life, like, it was actually like that. Like, it looked like that. It probably smelled horrible. Horrible. (laughs) Oh, um, they had rotting animals everywhere. They had. God, um, fuck. Did what, they, did they the bring name? them into the house, or did they? Were they just there, like left, like uh, dead animals around the house that they were filming in? <laughs> um, so cattle, dead dog, and cattle parts were littered on set, and they had fetid cheese. Uh, head cheese? F- no, fetid cheese. Not head. No. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, to create atmosphere of just the horrible smell. Yeah. And it was there. Why do you – okay, why – they don't even really mention anything smelling bad in the movie. Why do you have to create a horrible smell for the scenes? For the actors. Why? They don't – there's no really scenes in the movie where the actors are like, oh, God, that smells terrible. Like – I don't know. Put them in a mindset. Yeah, it was, it was very bad. Uh, and uh, this was all – so this – the thing about this – and the reason he says he'd probably want to go back to Vietnam is because this dinner scene was filmed marathoned over 26 hours. Fuck. Yeah. That was it just 26 hours of continuous shooting? Sounds like it. Yeah. And the scene's not even that long. No, it's not. Uh, it's probably about half of the third act. But this movie's so short. Yeah, but I mean, all it is is them sitting there threatening her while she's screaming her head off, and then the grandfather's sucking on her finger. Yeah, Ugh. and then them just trying to and then they j- bash the her sledge. Prince. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many takes they had to do with this, but it was bad. So I'm sure. I mean, her her she definitely looks like truly terrified in that scene. Yeah. So I don't know if how many t- takes it took her and how much fucking torture it took her to get to that point, but yeah. <laughs> And that that 26-hour marathon filming of that scene in particular was the night that it got to 115 degrees. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah. So, let's talk about our soundtrack briefly before we get into the film. soundtrack was done also partially by toby hooper and also wayne bell yeah so toby did the soundtrack for this movie eaten alive and also worked on the soundtrack for texas chainsaw massacre 2 mm-hmm. most of the actual music was done by wayne bell 
Mm-hmm. His first work was with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has done works. Uh, he did Eaten Alive as a composer. Yeah. Uh, as the composer of the soundtrack, he did Eaten Alive uh, as well as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation in 94, along with two other films in 83 and 87. So as a composer, quite small. As a member of the sound department, he has plenty of roles, 77 whole credits to his name, mostly a in TV. A lot of stuff he's worked on. Mostly in TV and in uh, bit sound effects parts. Yeah. So, I mean, not much to talk about there. It is a, a great soundtrack. It's Here's the thing with this soundtrack, which is so interesting, is that there isn't one. It This movie is almost completely devoid of any sort of soundtrack. Uh, or Except for scenes that, like, like pinch scenes almost. Like, sound, yeah. yeah. Um, when Kirk gets killed, n- we get nothing. Nothing. Uh, I think when Pam gets killed, uh, or when Pam gets hooked, there is something. I like the silence better, honestly. It almost makes you, it almost forces you to pay attention to the scene more. Yeah. Because you use music so much in these kinds of movies to To, set the scene and really kind of tell the person how they should be feeling. Yeah. But without the music, you got to determine that for yourself. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is a ridiculous, uh, it's ridiculous to say this movie has a soundtrack, because they they really are just sound cues, and we get a lot of – we hear a lot of that through those close-up shots of Sally with yeah. the eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the stuff in the third act, we hear more of it. In the first and second acts, we barely hear any of it. The movie is almost completely devoid of any sort of music or even any sort of indicators of a uh, of an arrangement that is meant to build up a sort of event. What reminds me of how they did the soundtrack for Friday the 13th. Yeah. yeah, which makes this feel a lot more sudden Yeah, when it happens. Like, he trips on the door, and oh, boom, Leatherface is right there. Yeah, everything comes... I mean, starting off, everything comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's not that... And that's not necessarily scary. That's just like, who the hell is that? Mm-hmm. And then you see the slow shot of him lifting the sled, the meat hammer... And you're like, that's probably our big bad. I love that it never actually says that his face, that his like mask is made out of a face. Although you just it's, assume that. Yeah, you just assume because of the stitches. It looks, yeah, and it looks like a face like and everything else skin. is put together. Yeah, which you can pretty much see Gunnar Nelson's face in that one shot where he's like contemplating. Yeah. Which kind of makes it less scary. It makes it look more like a actual, just like a Halloween mask. It was a little less scary when he was at the dinner table and he's like kind of half turned t- looking towards Sally. And you can see his like full beard underneath yeah. the mask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, oh, dude. Those fake teeth. <laughs> oh, and the fake teeth are weird. Absolutely. But uh, that is our. Those those are our people put their bodies and their uh, mental states through producing what ended up becoming an excellent excellent movie Mm -hmm. and i think it's time that we start talking about this movie definitely the film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths in particular sally hardesty and her invalid brother franklin it is all the more tragic in that they were young but had they lived very very long lives they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did you know that in Freddy vs. Jason, when they're doing the fight scenes in the boiler room, uh, when 
he transports Jason into a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Freddy is played by Rey Mysterio. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's why he's doing all that crazy, like, or, like all that crazy, like, lucha shit. Oh, man. Like, all of a sudden, Freddy's just way more ripped. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Because yeah. he's always this, like, super skinny, skinny. lanky well, guy. Well, Rey Mysterio is also pretty skinny. Yeah, but he's definitely got more muscle. Yeah. And it's great because he was the perfect character to play because he could still wear the mask. Yeah. He doesn't disgrace his lucha roots. <laughs> <laughs> so we begin uh, the first. Actually, I think this is the first movie that we actually begin with a sort of exposition crawl. Uh, similar Wars. to like Star Wars. When when did the first Star Wars come out? Uh, 77. Oh, okay. So, but this is the first movie that we watched. Yeah. Um, that has, has done this. And, and I like that it has the, the announcer talking in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost like a like a after the fact newscaster. Almost, almost. Well, I guess it is. It's talking about like kind of what happened like if they found if the police found the bodies after everything that had happened and made, Sally made a report or something. Yeah. So the movie starts off with some of my favorite like scenes to start off. Like one of my favorite like movie openings with the the flashes. I just want you to know I had finished eating Burger King like maybe three seconds after I saw these shots. It's good that you finished before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how it uses like the, the blackness and then the the long like waits in between each shot, and then you get just an instant flash, and you see like little pieces of body parts lying around, and that's all you see is your opening. Yeah, and one of the scariest shots you get in the movie uh, early on is just black to a fade-in of this decomposing corpse, which it looks like they used ballistic gel or something because I can yeah. kind of see it melting. It's definitely a fairly fresh corpse because it is that skin is still coming off. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you see this this warped uh, sculpture that somebody has put together of mm-hmm. a dug-up grave. Yeah, which that part of the story is actually true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, like... Yeah. The digging up grave portions is, is, true. is true. Yeah. This scene literally only exists to get them to Texas because it, uh, and it has nothing to do with like, it's not like the, the Sawyer family, or I guess they, we don't know that there's the Sawyer family yet, but that family, like it's, they weren't trying to lure those kids there. It just happened to be that because the hitchhiker put together this weird fucked up statue in a graveyard and she had to come and check and see to make sure that her grandfather's grave wasn't one of the ones that was dug up. Yeah. We get introduced to our group of teenagers as they're driving in their, is it Jerry's green van? (laughs) It's your, it's your traditional like hippie stoner seventies van. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely, uh, he doesn't belong in the group. No, he's the odd duck. I mean, there's more than three people, but he's like the definition of like the third wheel that's just there along with everybody else. Which is also (laughs) ironic because he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. And he is just super fascinated with his own knife. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Not not to the point of it being a concern to anybody, but no, he just no, kind of yeah, keeps playing. He kind of twiddles with it like someone would twiddle with, uh, I don't know, like a pencil or chewing on a pencil or something. Yeah, he just picks his nails with it all day. Yeah. <laughs> where are they on the way to? They're on the way to, I don't know if they know particularly where the cemetery is, because they... Dude, I don't think they ever actually go to find it. Like they're on. That's why they're in Texas, but I don't think they ever actually find the cemetery. I thought they did because the the uh, the officer, the deputy, takes her to like, "What's your last name, honey?" And then we're gonna take you to the grave. Okay, maybe. Okay, no, you are right. In the beginning of the movie, they they then, get to the yeah. cemetery, and that's when they see like the drunk guy, or Franklin sees the drunk guy, yeah. kind of 
wasted sitting on a fucking like lone yeah like tire. like <laughs> foreshadowing the events to come yeah he's like you know i see stuff happening in this town no, no one ever believes a drunk old man sitting on a stump <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding um, just because i'm wasted inside this tire doesn't mean you shouldn't believe my words <laughs> i speak the truth <laughs> the truth will set you free along uh, with this bottle of booze <laughs> And I think they can't. They Ambiguous. saw that his his grave hadn't been dug up. No, I think yeah. No, they had not. I think they just they start to. Um, they I don't know if they're necessarily on their way back. They might be just ne- like headed to an area to stay at. Yeah. Um. But they're running low on gas, so they have to stop at this little old gas station on the side of the road. And here's where we get to meet the old man. Yeah, well, the old man. He's a young man. Yeah, he's not that old, but they he's reference also, him as the old man. Yeah, that that's old. All he's we weird to really looking. call yeah. him by. <laughs> and Franklin keeps talking about these slaughterhouses that his uncle worked at. Yeah, because they start mentioning like the terrible smell that... Uh, oh, I guess they do mention a smell one time, and that's when they're driving, when they're getting near the slaughterhouse. Yeah. Um, they mention that something smells terrible, and he... Sees the old slaughterhouse and mentions was it, was it his father or his grandfather used to work there? I think it was his grandfather because his dad. He said his uncle there. and his. He said like he had multiple family members. Yeah, and he goes into great detail, like I had mentioned earlier, about it, the old ways that they used to kill the cattle, about how they used to use the sledgehammer, mm-hmm. and sometimes they, sometimes they wouldn't die on the first uh, on the first whack. You got to hit him a couple of times. Yeah, and he, then he went into how they were using the uh, the air gun now. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. fucking scene where he's just like he goes into them or talking about the air gun. He's like, and it just goes like whoosh, and then retracts, and then whoosh, yeah, and then retracts. He's rich, and, re- and then retracts, and he's like, hey, he's into it. <laughs> I know. He just keeps going into it. He's definitely an odd member of the group, which we didn't even talk about. Like he falls out of his wheelchair in like the first two minutes of the movie uh, while he's taking a piss. Yeah. So he's already... Uh... Which, okay, can we talk about for a second how he falls out of that fucking wheelchair? Because that truck, which, uh, is that the same cattle truck at the end of the movie that drives by in the beginning of the movie? It could be. Yeah. It, it very well could be. He might have just used the same truck. But somehow this truck driving by really fast has enough force to push Franklin somehow like down the hill. Like I saw that when it drove by, there was some like dirt and rocks and stuff that kind of got kicked up next to Kirk who was standing there. Yeah. But somehow that pushed Franklin down the fucking hill. Like, uh, light fella. I mean, I mean, I don't know how the blowback, like, I don't know how the van didn't, I don't know. I don't know. Nature's weird in Texas. We, we encounter the hitchhiker and yeah, they're he driving, is, they're driving and he's like, uh, uh, we're coming up on a hitchhiker here. He's like, should we pick him up? And they're like, oh, like, of course. He's we. weird looking. Dude, this is 70s mentality. Like when somebody, when your first thing is like, oh, there's a hitchhiker. Should we pick him up? Like, oh, of course we should. It's 115 degrees outside. He's probably dying out there. Let's get him in here. Yeah. Like nobody nowadays ever picks up hitchhikers. No. It's Absolutely. way too dangerous. Absolutely not. And nobody hitchhikes nowadays. And it, and it looks like that they were, it looks like at the moment that they crossed him, they didn't know quite yet if they wanted to pick him up or not, because he like slows down and speeds up a little bit. Then he like, has blood all over his face. Is that blood? Is that blood? It looks, what else would it be? Well, it, it, it's not, it, it has to be dried blood. 
but dried blood doesn't look like smooth skin. You know what I mean? It looks like he actually. It looks. He was the it, one that was working with the bodies, though. And he, when they pick him up, he said he was just coming from the slaughterhouse. You're right. So it's probably like old cow's blood or something. It that could he just be was smearing on himself or whatever. You might be right because I was like, if anything, that looks more like internal bleeding, like on the surface of your skin. Yeah. But they pick him up, and they can already tell this was a mistake. <laughs> Yeah, he is very sketchy, very jittery, very all over the place, like not there mentally. Yeah. So he he the first thing he does, right, is besides like talking about how being freaky in general about the cattle. how much more he likes the old ways of killing cattle than the new air gun. The yeah. air gun's no good. You got to you got to whack them. Yeah, you get the sledge. The sledgehammer, the yeah. sledge. And he has and he shows them photos of the cattle he massacred, which they're pretty cool with. Yeah, I mean, Franklin was fine with it cuz I'm sure he's probably seen that kind of stuff before cuz he was talking. He knew the history behind all yeah, of that. Yeah, they were kind of bonding at the beginning. Yeah, probably. I mean, they, they they had similar histories and backgrounds like he knew about the slaughterhouse and the mm-hmm. methods for making head cheese. <laughs> My brother makes a great head cheese. You should come. Uh, come over for dinner. It gets weirder. And that's the thing, though, is they get invited to that dinner in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. Because he's lazy at this point. He's like, you know what? I ain't even going to try kidnapping anyone. Just come on over. There's no way that that guy's going to be able to kidnap five people. You're right. Well, in the wheelchair, he could. Yeah, he could take Franklin. And I'm sure that at some point during the movie, they would just be like, fuck it, take Franklin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need someone for a sacrifice? Take him. Um, I would say that it gets, they, they, uh, is he a threat? I don't threat? know. Is the hitchhiker a threat when he takes Franklin's knife and then cuts his own palm? Like, no, deep. but I think that it's putting that, uh, it, it's putting that thought in your head that you don't know who around you in this county is, is going to be a threat. If just a random person you find on the side of the road is going to be some crazy dude who's going to cut himself and cut somebody else in the van, yeah. then everybody in this town could, ship could be crazy. Like, <laughs> you're right. You're right. He cut, like, like, the dude... He, okay, first of and all, he, he there's sees no the Franklin... Pain. There's yeah, no pain. He sees the Franklin has the knife. Yeah. And he just grabs it. And he is... Well, first of all, does he... No, he takes the picture of them first mm-hmm. the, before what kind of like really freaks him out is he takes the picture of them and he shows it to him and he's like, no, this is, this is a nice picture. This is a really nice picture. And he's like, eh, it's kind of grainy. Like it, it did not really much showing up. And he's like, All right, it's a good picture. You should pay me two bucks now. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And he's like, it's a good picture. You, you pay me for it now. And he's like, no, just give him back the picture. Hands it back to him. This dude fucking pulls out. Okay. He's just got tinfoil. And is like wrapped up in his uh, in his little like raccoon purse thing or whatever it is. Yeah, and he takes that out, un- unwraps it, puts the photo in the middle of it, and then I guess he's just got another thing of tinfoil full of fucking gunpowder or something. Yeah, puts that on top of there and then just lights it on fire for no reason whatsoever. Then she's like, if, I, if they're not going to pay for it, might as well just fucking burn it. I like this man; he's chaotic neutral. I know, <laughs> and he's got the greatest smile on his face the whole time. Yeah, and then what's the deal with like now, <laughs> like as revenge? I'm just gonna slit his arm. Yeah, he takes not he even takes like Franklin's a vein. Knife, slices himself, gives the knife back to Franklin, and he's like, "Oh, I got a knife too." <laughs> he yeah. pulls it out, and it's not even a knife; it's a switchblade or not a switchblade, a um, straight razor. Yeah, here's another thing that bothers me: Why is Jimmy taking so fucking long to drive away? I get what the fuck. Here's like, here's. Here's my I guess because he's like they're half pushing him out of the car. He's the one driving, so I'm sure he's not like 
hundred percent sure if he might like run him over or accidentally by like driving away really quickly or I don't know. I know sometimes because I say it a lot as an argument when people are like this is stupid. I just say you know what you got to let the movie be a movie. Yeah. This this is irresponsible. The... Protect your friends. Speed away. They yeah. When they kicked him out, they were going fast, and then they slowed down. And then, unless and then this thing going... has the worst acceleration of all time. Okay, but you know that they only did that. They only did that so that he would have time to kick the car a couple of times and then and smear then blood on the car. Bizarro. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, I guess it looks like he puts a symbol on the car, but it's never explained if it is. They they interpret it as a symbol. Yeah. This girl's really into astrology. Yeah. And it has absolutely nothing to do with fuck all nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like, Pam is... Really into astrology. All of this stuff, like, she goes into the whole, like, retrograde of Saturn and everything. Like, maybe Toby Hooper or Kim Hankel was just really into it at the time. Mm -hmm. But it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Except for the fact that when she talks about Saturn being in retrograde, that weird stuff just happens to happen. Sure. I'll buy that. Yeah. After what we're about to see, I'll buy that. We finally pull up on our our gas station. And first of all, okay, he's taking the time to just, uh, like, a second to wash the car. Doesn't fucking take a second to just wash the goddamn blood off the side of the car. No. He also doesn't rinse. No. It'd just be soap left all over the car. Also, every time that uh, the old old man goes back to speak with him, he has the guy go and wash the car again. But when he leaves, he stops. Yeah. So fucking weird. He walks back over to it. Yeah. It's almost like they kept refilming the scene, but with him saying different stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he warned he, – well, first of all, see, like, you don't even get that much of a – you get a creepy vibe from, vibe from him just because you get a general you do, creepy vibe you from everybody around you wouldn't around assume here. any relation. Yeah, or you wouldn't assume anything necessarily bad about him except for he's a little creepy when he's telling them to, like, oh, no, you shouldn't be hanging around those houses. Or You don't necessarily get a violent vibe off of this guy, the mm. old man. Yeah. A little bit creepy, but nothing necessarily bad. He warns, he generally kind of gives them a warning of being like, you know, you shouldn't be hanging around any of these houses around these parts. Like, just stay here. You know, the gas, apparently he doesn't have any gas at the station. He needs to wait for the delivery that's going to be coming later at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, you know, stay here. We got some great barbecue, which I'm wondering if that barbecue is human. Right. I want to know. But we don't know that these are related. We don't know that the hitchhiker is related to this person anyway. We just think, oh, this is some just crazy hick-ass some town. dude on the side. Plenty of, of them. Yeah. And uh, Franklin asked the guy, because um, they need a place to at least hang out for a while, because they don't want to stay at the gas station and eat while they're waiting for gas. So they figure, you know, let's go to a place where we have to wait. He remembers that his father owns an old house somewhere near here, mm-hmm. and the guy happens to know about it, so he asked him where he would find it. And that's where they are headed now. And here's where our actually like our actual story begins. Like we're like half an hour into the movie, nothing's actually even happened yet. Yeah, this is just a lot of exposition and character introduction. A lot of build up. To characters who we see in act 1 for 5 minutes and then don't show up again until act 3. And okay, can we please talk about how this fucking sausage is hanging out of his mouth? Yeah, I didn't know what the hell that was. It's, and it was very gross. It it's looks a like piece a piece of sausage. Ugh. And, first of all, he's not even eating it. He's just, like, Ugh. sucking on it. Ugh, Franklin, you disgusting He's, like, half, like, chewing the end of it, half sucking on it like it's an old stogie. Like, <laughs> yeah. I smoke my stogie whenever I take <laughs> yeah. shit from no one. So, we don't get anything weird at this house. They just kind of walk around for a bit and kind of explore the place. Yeah, this house is actually totally 
fine. Yeah, by I all mean means. it's old and run down and creepy looking, but it's nothing bad happens at this house because no. this is the house that was owned by their father, Franklin and Sally. Yeah, Franklin and Sally. And this whiny little bitch. Now, I can kind of understand that. Yeah. Well, yeah, this isn't even wheelchair accessible. <laughs> yeah, it's not wheelchair accessible, but he is whining like, Sally! Yeah, like, Sally! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, making fun of them. Think it's, yeah, oh, my God. He's like spitting and fucking like. <laughs> yeah, reminiscent of the hitchhiker who does that throughout the movie. He, yeah, he does it when they're driving away. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he did that just because he heard the hitchhiker doing it. It's just like in his mind. Maybe, but, uh, maybe. I love how he, it's just one little scene to just kind of make him even more miserable. He's rolling up to the door and he hits his cut arm on the side. And yeah. He's like, Ow! Yeah. <laughs> Pam and Kirk ask if there's a water hole, to which he says, yeah, somewhere around here. Yeah, I don't know. And he hole. says, we'll see you in about an hour. And he goes, we'll see you in about an hour. Yeah, so this is this is the first scene where we start seeing not, nothing necessarily too creepy, but just a lot of, like, animal parts, animal bones, like, just kind of strewn, like, everywhere, kind of hung up in places and uh, yeah, places where it, like, you don't, there shouldn't be a fucking thing of animal bones hanging over my doorway. Like, <laughs> why, okay, and first of all, why would they still own this place? In abandoned houses. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's a single window in that goddamn house. No, or at least not one that's not broken. <laughs> yeah, right. But this, uh, we, this is when Kirk and was it um, Pam? Pam? Yeah, Kirk and Pam. They split off from the group looking for the watering hole. Mm-hmm. Watering and hole. They're in Texas. And it's a swimming, like it's swimming hole. No, no, no. You're I'm. You're not wrong. I'm just saying this is how dire. Texas and they didn't even they they found it and it was dried it was like it was empty yeah and so they see they're alerted to a house yeah a little yonder and they're they notice that they hear the uh, a generator running which means gasoline which they need (laughs) yes so they stop at this house which is uh again we don't know that their last name is the Sawyers but we find out later in the franchise they are so we we get to the house of the Sawyers. Yeah, and he's knocking on the door. And nobody's answering the door. I love it. Finds the tooth on the on the ground mm-hmm. and puts it in his house. Like, hey, I got something for you. Might be a problem here. And again, uh, something that we talked about. I love. So I love the first scene when you see kind of the inside of the house because it shows coming towards him towards the door from the hallway, so you don't see that door in the back. Yeah. And he's seeing that, and I'm guessing because when it flips back around, it's open. So that whole, like, he can see inside that room with all the the animal skulls all over the wall. Mm -hmm. And I love that that room is red. Yeah. Because it stands out so much. Yeah. This is the death room. Yeah, your eye is immediately drawn to it. Get fucked. Do not collect $200. Yeah, he notices, he kind of notices the the weird, creepy door, and he, I don't think he hears anything, but he's like, maybe somebody's in there. That's a good attention to color. I would not have even thought about that. Yeah. He trips over the doorway, and immediately our first look at Leatherface, and he's got the sledgehammer. Yeah. Just bashes him over the head, and this is where we're talking about the perfect, like he's having a, a full body spasm, like a stroke on the ground after he gets hit in the head because he doesn't die at the with the first hit. And that's no. always the thing, though, is they bring it up earlier in the movies. Like, they don't always die from the first hit. Sometimes you got to whack them two or three times. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, I love the sporadic, um, like, quickness to his body as he gets hit the first time. Yeah. And then the second time, his body slows down a lot, but it's still, like, wild and, like, flinging all over the place. 
I just realized why I'm into Pam so much. Yeah. She looks like my favorite porn star. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know you had a favorite porn star. Everyone's got a favorite porn star, That's Ryan. That's true. You just don't watch as no much ad- porn as me. No one admits it, but I guess everyone kind of has oh. their own favorite oh. porn star. Oh, then you don't have good enough friends. <laughs> I, okay, I have a favorite porn star. I don't remember her name. Uh, it wasn't Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Dude, Ron Jeremy is definitely my favorite porn star. <laughs> Dude. So, okay... <laughs> Back to the movie. Uh, Kirk's dead. Kirk's dead. Kirk's dead. First kill of the movie, and Pam walks into the house after Kirk has been in there for a few minutes, and she's not hearing anything, and he's not coming back out. Mm -hmm. Walks in, stumbles through the... the, So this... I I love this scene where she walks. And I almost see this room as... It's so fucked up, too, because it makes her terrified. It's just full of animal yeah, bones. Yeah, she just starts going like... <sighs> full of animal <sighs> bones. She's seeing, for the first time, she's seeing all the furniture made of human bones, all of the stuff that's been put together, all like the, the furniture, yeah. the hanging... Um, also partly true story. Yeah. Um, all the, the the hanging like skulls and all the, the uh, like quote-unquote artwork that's been made like out of all these different bones and like animal feathers and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a terrifying sight to her, but what I love about this, especially because that, that scene we see later where uh, after he's kind of, after Leatherface has kind of killed everybody who's come into the house, mm-hmm. he sits down in that room. It's almost like his calm room. Yeah. Like it, where it really he, is. Where he comes to like, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's like. I didn't uh, even think of that because that is the room he goes into. Yeah. And he sits down and he's like freaking out for a second, but then he calms down and it's almost like his area where he kind of goes to have his like temper tantrums. I thought I paid way more attention to this movie than I thought. But you're right, and uh, that chicken is just chilling. I know. He's just in a cage just sitting there chilling. Yeah. yeah. He's looking kind of fresh, though. It is a true room of horrors, and I can't even if, – if if all the stuff about – oh, man. And she comes around the corner, and Leatherface opens up that door, and you immediately – like all the red behind him, like she – it screams death. Like death yeah. is coming for you. Yeah. Runs out and just grabs her. Oh, and – this scene, like like we were talking about, you don't really see much gore in this movie. He, she's about she gets hung up on the hook, but no, as we don't soon see. As, we yeah, it's a very safe shot. You just see her place her up there, but you don't see the hook go in or anything. There's a slight second where it goes to her back, and you think you might actually see something, but it switches back right away yeah. as soon as he actually puts her on the hook. And there you see Kirk lying there on the ground, or he's already dead, lying there on the table in front of her. We don't even see him actually kill Pam. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do not. I'm assuming she just probably dies from blood loss. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, you, you, we don't. Okay, so we get into him <laughs> carving. Like how, f- how fake this? Fucking... Oh yeah, because first of all, he's doing the same like cutting motions, and he's really just doing everything he can to like show off the chainsaw as yeah. he's as he's going through Kirk. He, he's doing a fake, like, cutting off his head scene. Yeah. There's no blood on the chainsaw. There's no, There's blood. no blood going out, like, anywhere, anywhere. That you would expect from him sawing off a head. Yeah. And he's doing, like, the same, like, motion and then bringing up the chainsaw to rev it, be like, I'm cutting this head off. That would have <laughs> cost like, <laughs> 400 of the $300,000 they had. I know. Down to, we're already, so we are uh, he does a lot 40 really minutes into off. this movie. Yeah. Uh, it, technically halfway done. He does, I love the fact that the, that, it, the chainsaw isn't really just a weapon for him. It's almost like an extension of his body. Like, he does so many par- things in this movie to show off the chainsaw. Yeah, he's proud of it, man. It's like a nice dick. <laughs> <laughs> big old revving dick. It's not like, if you have a big dick, you're proud of that. You're like, yeah. Look at this look, dick. Look at that. <laughs> that look I at just him. found. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, look at this dick I just cut off with this chainsaw. So you know he's gonna go looking for uh, looking for his friends, and instead finding that dick is Jimmy. Yeah, it's been a while now, man. Jimmy, what? Jimmy. No, I mean, I was since everybody else no, has been gone. I, I, I no, his name's not Jimmy. It's, what the hell is his name? Fuck. His name's Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. For fuck's sake. So he decides to go off by himself to look for Pam and Kirk, who have gone missing. Yeah. Well, not necessarily missing. They just haven't come back for, I'm guessing it's probably been a good, like, hour or so. Yeah. The sun's starting to go down. And <laughs> I love how, uh, what is it, this shows that, like, this this oh, strenuous and- relationship that Franklin has with Sally. Yeah. Because Sally's like, can I come with you? And yeah. he's like, no, nah, you better stay here. And she's like, oh. Yeah, and at the same time, uh, Jerry is making fun of Franklin. Like, oh yeah, that's definitely a like a a symbol he wrote in blood that yeah. he will use to track you down. Don't you remember when I gave him your like postal code? Yeah, he's like, oh, I gave him your address. I gave him your zip code. I gave him yeah. everything. Like, oh man, he nobody takes Franklin seriously in this. Yeah. He definitely is the character that everybody just kind of makes fun of, and is there. You can't even feel bad he's a, for him. No, he's, he's, a so de- he's a deserving punching bag. Yeah, and he. Just will not shut the fuck up. This is all leading up to Jerry's death. To yeah, which he, he, almost... he comes back up to the house. And I love that every death is literally just them coming up to the house to see if someone's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, the first three at least. Right. Right. Um, uh, and then and then they start. Well, at this point, you know, Leatherface starts freaking out, realizing that people are starting to come. They're just, yeah. He's to he, the house. He's not exactly, you know, the sharpest tool in the shit. He's got no. mental issues and he can't even talk. He just screeches and makes grunting noises. Yeah, but he's uh, people are coming to his house, man. People are fucking my shit up. Yeah, I'm in the middle of doing shit. <laughs> like Jerry would not have died if Kirk had not left the towel. That's true. Yeah, and that that's the thing though is those little, he knows like he... none of them would have died if if the hitchhiker hadn't have dug up those graves. Yeah, like, there's so many little things. That that wouldn't have happened. Like if they hadn't decided to just randomly go visit the father's house, none of this wouldn't have happened. Like, there's so many things in horror movies that could have been avoided. Yeah, so easily. Yeah, but uh, we see. So the door Jerry. is open to the death room. Yeah. So the the door is open again. Jerry walks in, and he is not greeted. He's the first one that actually is able to walk into the room without being immediately greeted by Leatherface. But uh, he walks in and he kind of sees the table. There's no blood. Like for, some, for two people that were just murdered in that room, there's surprisingly little this blood. Is, this is very confusing to me. He sees the freezer uh, banging open as if someone's trying to escape it. Pam's in there. Pam is dead. But, but she's not dead. But she's not dead. But and then she's she like dies. having. Yeah, it's weird because it's like. Okay, so this is almost what I think happened. Is like it's not explained in any sort of way. There's like banging. There's banging all on the fucking freezer door. He, which brings his notice to it. He opens it up. She's not even moving in it. No, she's completely passed out on the ground. And then she doesn't. First of all, she's already dead, but it looks like she seems to have like a death spasm. Maybe. Because she comes back up, her arms, like, flail around. I lived, bitch. Yeah, she just flings up, her arms are flailing around, and then immediately goes limp again. Yeah. Jimmy. Jerry. J- fuck. Well, you know what? doesn't matter. Jimmy, you know what his Jerry name is now? Day. It's just Jay. It's, he's dead is what he he's is. He's dead. He's fucking dead. He got hit with the sledgehammer. This is almost faster than Glenn. Oh, I know. Uh, Jerry freaks out only to get hit with with the meat sledge and yeah he was probably like fuck should have been a set decorator yeah he dies okay he gets hit with 
Like I said, it could take one hit, it could take more. He he only took one hit. <laughs> yeah. He's dead. And this is when we get the freak out scene of Leatherface where he's just like, people keep coming in. And this is why I say like his calm room because he runs to the room and he kind of looks around. And, and he, 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 he sits down and he's like freaking out for a second. And he does that weird thing where he's like licking the bottom of his top teeth. <laughs> a little bit, but he's also having like... He's this, trying to like calm himself down. Yeah, almost. it's like he's a real human moment. There's like humanity in him that we I see. Know. And then, yeah, he starts doing the... the close up to his face and you can see that it's not even like that he's upset that he just killed their three people it's just the fact that he's more upset that all these people are just randomly coming into his home yeah like <laughs> this is when uh after the scene is when i've absolutely fucking had it with franklin oh oh my god he is, okay so there franklin it is well past him like, his dark now yeah, yeah. It is well past dark now. They're still waiting by the car. Franklin's trying to get Sally to go and, you know, leave them. Let's go at least back to the gas station and get gas. Come back and see if we can find them. Mm-hmm. Sally's not having it. Sally will not leave at least without Jerry. Yeah. Which makes me think that they're dating even though they never really say it. Yeah. But, um, oh, my God. So he he's like, all right, well, I'll, I'll – I'll honk the car horn one more time. If they don't come back, we'll go out looking for them. And she is starting to fucking freak out on him because uh, he notices, they took the keys with them. Yeah, they took the keys. Jerry so he did. starts freaking out, fucking pressing the or won't stop honking the goddamn car and horn, screaming. Yeah, and doing literally anything. He's basically like summoning the sea bear, just like um, with the square blocks of cheese in the sombrero. It's not said, but I'm assuming that he also has like slight mental issues because he, he he just might be acts a, like a he acts like a child. Yeah, he and, might just be a worrywart. Who knows? But, I mean, in terms of specifically, like, him being, like, left alone or anything that has to do with, like, anything that inconveniences him, really, he acts like a child. Like, he almost throws, like, small little tem- temper tantrums. Yeah, a little bit. Now, it could have to do a lot with this condition. I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm not going – I'm going way too far back into the character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we don't know. We don't know much about him besides yeah, the – The wheelchair. The fact that, yeah, he's in a wheelchair. Why? We don't know. But he will not give her the – this is so fucking stupid. He will not give her the flashlight, and she's like, I can't take you down the hill. So he's like, I'm not going to give you the flashlight. Let's just wait here. And she's like, I'm going to go anyway without the flashlight. He's like, fine, I'll come with you, which she already said she didn't want him to come with her. Yeah, with the flashlight. Yeah, well, yeah, he still takes the flashlight anyway because he won't give it to her. Yeah. So trudging through the woods. And literally 10 seconds after he's like, all right, I'm going to come with you. She starts walking ahead and he's like, wait, I can't roll that fast. Like, yeah, you got to push me. Yeah. Uh, and we like this is a ridiculous amount of twigs. Oh, I know. They're go. And I don't remember even seeing half this many twigs before, but they're rolling. This is the, the weirdest fucking forest I've ever seen. It's, it's not like, even a forest. It's, it's like, like they're walking through like old brush. Yeah. It's like there's no trees. Yeah. It's all like bushes that are down to their branches. Yeah. Strange. So, okay. So they're walking through the woods late at night. It is dark and spooky and creepy and. Franklin is not even holding that fucking flashlight in front of them. He's holding it at the side while he's rolling himself. Yeah. I want to punch you in the face, Franklin. <laughs> and then, thank God, <laughs> out of nowhere, comes Leatherface because he just happens to be randomly wandering around through the woods, too, and happens to come upon them. Just slices and dices old Franklin up with like a turkey ham. <laughs> yeah. like, or turkey Christmas ham. Yeah. With no legs. With no legs. With yeah. no legs. And then we find out here... He can haul ass. Yeah, and you okay, this is the first, not first, but this is, I guess, like, 
you when you think of a slasher and you think of the main killer killer you always think of them running away through the forest or wherever and then them just like walking basically yeah. and they just happen to, to show up in the right place at the right time yeah but leatherface is in full fucking freak out mode through all of this like he is chasing he is running like at her like full like screaming with the chainsaw he is like swinging that thing in all different directions at, like trying to get through the brush and trying to get to her if you had a, if you were running into any sort of killer leatherface is a good killer to be uh pursued by because he's fat as fuck he is always you know where he is at all times because he always has his chainsaw revving. He also doesn't try to maneuver around anything. He goes right no, he through goes everything. Right, he, he will follow the exact same path as you. The downside is this boy is fast as fuck. Yeah. I, I guess like, the good thing impressive. is... Impressive. I guess the good thing is she's not... I mean, she's. it was pretty smart to go through the brush if he's got a chainsaw. She got a, her hair caught. Yeah. That was stupid. That wasn't great. She is in complete fear mode. She's hauling this ass. Is, she, she fight or flight comes, has activated yeah she finally comes upon a couple of houses and she is screaming her head off to be able to let be let inside or that she's being you know fucking chased by a psychopath with a chainsaw which i'm sure if there's anybody in those houses they can hear <laughs> yeah yeah well oh, it's actually there's one person in that house and it's grandpa who we don't fucking know if you can even hear well it's not she hasn't even come up upon the right the main house yet no she did she came in through the back first and then went around oh okay okay yeah so she escapes into the house, goes up the stairs. I love, I love that he destroys his own door. Yeah, <laughs> like he just straight for no reason whatsoever. It's not like it's his own house or anything. And he just fucking open the goddamn door. Yeah. <laughs> like t- it's taking him longer to cut through this door and have her run away than just open the door. Yeah. So she runs into Grandpa and Grandma and her dog. Grandma and the dog are definitely yeah, dead. Yeah, they're definitely. You grandpa, assume that grandpa's you dead. Is like a fresh death. Yeah. Well, you assume he's dead. Yeah. Because he's just laying there. But he can't. He's eighteen. Okay. She is being chased up the stairs again, mm-hmm. and she, no fear, no hesitation, jumps straight out the fucking second well, story yeah, window. That's what she gets for fucking up and just trying to go back down the stairs, and then realizing he is cutting through the door and then still going down the but stairs. But that takes some fucking balls. She didn't even think about it for a second. She wasn't even like, okay, maybe I could go through another door. Maybe there's another way I could get downstairs or something like that. Maybe I could trick him, walk him around him or something like that. She goes right out that fucking window. And she is so lucky because if there, if she had landed like three inches to her right, she would have smacked her head on or landed right on those fucking concrete stairs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We get a lot of terrifying shots, still shots. It's just like, Wow. He is fast. Yeah, she's still being chased around and screaming her fucking head off the entire time, yeah. which if you're being chased around by a killer through the dark, maybe you want to try to be a little bit quiet so it can help lo- like him lose you. Yeah. This scene is a little... This chase it's scene is... Long. It goes a little too long. It does. Because they go back into the brush, which we don't need to see them go back into which the Which I think that it's supposed to kind of give a little more substance to everything we've been missing because everybody else died so quickly. And with not that much behind it. Like, Pam gets hung on a hook. You see, like, two of them get hit with a sledgehammer. And then you see Franklin get cut up for, like, a second. But you don't actually even see him get cut up because everything is a shot from behind him of just the chainsaw being swung around. And you assuming it's being sliced through his belly because he can't see anything. But, you know, this is sort of like that kind of uh, 
fear gratuity we've been waiting for where it's like the long chase scene where is she gonna die is she not gonna die you don't know everything everybody else died so quickly so we have to draw this out as long as possible (laughs) yeah she runs running through the woods she finally comes back to the gas station which i guess they must have not been that far away from the gas station no guess not if she was able to run like 10 minutes through the woods and and find it show up (laughs) yeah He's a little strange. Yeah, he basically yeah, he's, he's stranger. Very grabby with her face and is like really trying to like get her to lay his head down or her head down on his like chest. Yeah. Uh she tells her not to panic and it's okay and 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 Leatherface is nowhere to be seen. I love that like that look of like defeat in her eyes when she when he's like we need to call the police, we need to call the police and he's like we don't have a phone. <laughs> yeah. She this is a very short maybe I don't know. Maybe 15 minutes barbecue. have passed. And she's already just mentally gone. Oh, I know. She's completely fucked. The slight, the the, the short ass scene where that she's just sitting there, like in a daze of terror, just looking at like the meat cook in the corner. Mm-hmm. Old man pulls his truck up and comes back, and he has a bag and he has rope. Yeah, and I love how she's just kind of like, "What? What are you doing?" He's like, "Don't." Uh, this is the stupidest fight scene ever. He comes at her with the with, softest part of a broom. Yeah. He comes at her with the broom, knocks the knife out of her hand, and is just going, like, apparently this must be, like, the most painful thing in the world to her because being hit with the soft end of a broom, she's like, I can't stand this. I can't fight back. Mm. What do I do? (laughs) Well, then they break the broom, and then she just beats her with the wood. Yeah, he hits her with the wood. But he knocks her out, I guess, for, like, a short while, ties her up. And then, okay, this scene annoys me so much, but I love it, too, because they're in the car, and he keeps telling her, like, I'm not going to hurt you. Calm down. Be quiet. And then beats but her he with keeps, the broom. He keeps, like, stabbing her with the broom. He's like, you know what? You're not going to be all right. He's like, you're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Stab, stab. He's like, I'm not going to do anything to you. Stab, stab. <laughs> like, yeah. You're going to be, stop, like, stop screaming. Why are you screaming? Stab, 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 stab. Like... <laughs> And he's getting so it, much enjoyment out of it, which I think is funny because he doesn't take he doesn't take any pleasure out of the aspect of killing them, but he loves the torture. The torture. He it's the thing that's scariest about this is that he is the most mentally put together. Yeah, I mean, Grandpa's senile. <laughs> he didn't say much. Grandpa can't even talk. <laughs> yeah. That's because he's three thousand years old. But. He takes so her it's back a literal. It's actually a literal like part of the storyline that the reason he stays alive is because they feed him the blood of their victims. He's like a vampire. That's so fucking crazy. <laughs> you gotta eat solids, dude. Nah, just drink blood. Like, like the Countess Bathory. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we return to the Sawyer house where uh, we run back into the hitchhiker who we find out. Yeah, at this point. They're related. Yeah, he's he's like hobbling the down the road. Him. Yeah, and it, it I told seemed, you not to go to that graveyard. Basically. Yeah, this is where you get the first. Like, okay, so it was the hitchhiker that did this the stuff at the graveyard. Um, he just jumps on the back and is like getting the ride up to the front. <laughs> yeah, and he's just being a, a bad boy. And somehow, okay, somehow he are okay. So I'm guessing that because she came there screaming that they had all been killed, he assumes that it was Leatherface that was doing it. But he's like, you better hope that, you know, your brother killed all those those teenagers. Yeah. Look what you did to the door. I know. He's like, look what your brother did to the door. Yeah. So freaking weird. I like this shot, too, because he looks way bigger than. Yeah. Now he's dressed up in like a woman's face. Yeah. He's got like the face with the makeup on it. He's got the, the fake wig on. And then he's kind of dressed up in not really a dress, but almost like a female looking like cooking robe. Yeah. Kind of whatever. Yeah. It's a, the Apron. mother figure. Yeah. Mother always cook. The hitchhiker takes off the 
uh, sack that was on her head, and he realizes that he knows her. I guess you weren't in a rush now, were you? Yeah. That's why they kicked him out of the van, because they were like, well, we're in a rush. we got to get out of here. Like He's like, well, I guess you ain't going nowhere. Well, this dude threatens to beat basically both of them the entire Yeah, it's like this. it's seriously like a what's the, the like a three stooges scenario. But Almost, like, yeah. He's like a Mo Howard, yeah. yeah. He just beats the both of them, like keep them in line. Yeah. They're all mowing away. It's I love how it's like you get the sane one with you get you get the sane one, you get the absolutely crazy <laughs> uh, not necessarily sane, but you and know then you mean. have and then the other face. The, the crazy one and then the one that's just absolutely like mental regression. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty sad. You're right though, you're right. So we get to they bring grandpa down, which we find out. Yeah, he's actually alive. Yeah. Um <laughs> from the attic. Go get grandpa. And what presumes is the dinner scene, which we talked about many a time, uh, talking about the casting here. One of the best, I mean, the probably the best scene in the whole movie. It, this is where we get the her him slicing her finger, uh, and he that is it just feel, that hurts so much more. This to is watch the first time you real. see him actually move. Yeah, like he just is going to town on that finger. He is Ugh. slurping up that blood. Ugh. Oh, I just had uncontrollable shivers. <laughs> That's so harder to watch knowing that that's real blood now. Oh, I know. That's uh, it's good effects. <laughs> it's almost like it's real. Oh, so she wakes up because she assumes she just passes out from this. Yeah, and she's then, the terror. And that's the thing, though, is that and she's then she goes even, right back into terror mode. That's the thing. That's the thing that's so great about her role, though, is she's not even really injured at this moment. She hasn't. She's maybe fallen around a bit in the brush and maybe gotten scraped by some trees and shit. But she passed out from sheer terror, mm-hmm. and she screams and then we get them howling this is probably her best like terrified acting throughout the whole movie because she is like half like screaming half like cry laughing like yeah she is absolutely terrified right now and this i love that you see the the close-up of the face lamp the face lamp <laughs> face lamp with Head. the sewn eyes like it almost looks like one of those old uh shrunken voodoo heads yeah a little bit or something i'd say a longhorn steakhouse <laughs> And this is where you kind of get, like, their family dynamic. Like, Leatherface doesn't talk at all, so he's just kind of, like, he does whatever he wants, basically, and they just kind of take care of him, clean up after him, whatever. He's like the he's almost like the baby, the grown baby of the three. Yeah. And the hitchhiker, he's crazy. It's Leatherface and the hitchhiker that do the killing, and he they basically just refer to as the old man as the cook. He's just the cook, you know? Yeah. He's just the cook. He, he doesn't have the stomach for killing. All he does is he can cook. Yeah. And and the hitchhiker continuously reminds him that, which is very strange. Yeah, and uh, I that think there's a dynamic where they seem to be fighting all the time. They almost yeah, they have almost a resentment that the cook doesn't want to kill anybody. Yeah, um, that they have you know they're the ones doing all the work and he's just the cook. He doesn't do anything yeah. else. Um, even though they really enjoy killing people, so I don't think it's really much work for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, what does he say? He says like uh, he takes. He almost takes. You can see a little bit of pity in his eyes. He doesn't have any. You know, he's, he's not sad that they're going to kill her necessarily. He doesn't really want her to suffer for too long. Like, he's just like, you know, what's the point in waiting? Let's just get it over with yeah. and kill her. Now, granted, he doesn't really care overall. No, because they let Grandpa do it. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa's the greatest killer in, of uh, of the whole family. Yeah, they said that he once killed, what was it, 65 cows and under... Like I don't know how, what the what the time Guinness was. Guinness World Record. They said that he would have done more if they would have been able to get the cows out fast enough. Like yeah, 
And yeah, they can totally demonstrate go, by by him just firmly grasp it in your hand. Firmly grasp it. <laughs> they you will not fucking hold. He gets one whack in. He does, but Bubba helps. Yeah, and it's not even like a full whack. The entire time, Leatherface is basically just trying to like. At first, he just puts the hammer in his hand, realizes that it's not going to stay there, so he just kind of like puts it in his hand and then like pushes it forward to try to get his hand to just like fall under her head. Yeah, yeah, and he's in a full suit too. How did John Duggan live past eighteen when he has a rubber suit and a full suit on in one hundred and fifteen degree weather? I mean, I guess he didn't have many scenes to shoot. Probably not. He lived off that blood. Yeah, man. <laughs> He's probably still looking 18. <laughs> but she manages to escape this yeah, by... Yeah, she gets, she, he gets one good whack in, and then they get kind of annoyed because for, for fucking Leatherface doesn't do anything. He just keeps putting the, the, the hammer back in his hand. Yeah. And uh, he's just like, or the hitchhiker's like, fuck it, I'll do it. Give me the hammer. Let's go of her for a split second to grab the hammer, and then she bolts. Yeah, she bolts out, out another, another goddamn window. window. Yeah, and it's morning. And like I said, no hesitation. No second thought. Yeah. Right out the window. It's the quickest way. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. She, she at this point, does not give a fuck if yeah. she gets cut by a little glass. Yeah. She's going out that window, and she's running. Now, here's what's very strange about this, is that the implication that this follows linear time is that you can tell this is probably filmed at, like, 2 p.m., and when the other one, you assume that this is supposed to be morning. Yeah. The other one is in the evening because yeah. of the color of the sky. The ki- this color of the sky is slightly different in the morning than it is in the evening. Yeah. And this is when we get less uh, oranges. She is running away from the house while the hitchhiker, the hitchhiker is chasing after her and slicing at her back the entire time with his, uh, with his uh, straight razor. Yeah. And it doesn't have, it doesn't even seem like he ever actually cuts her. It just seems like he's like cutting yeah. her shirt the whole time. Yeah. But this fucking uh, cattle driver dr- drives up, and he just no breaks. Who just sits no there breaks. and yeah, waits yeah, for the yeah, car yeah, to come yeah. in at them, and just screams for a second? Like yeah. I don't know, he's crazy. Yeah, he gets run over by the truck driver, and the truck yeah. driver is like, "What the fuck is going on?" And he pulls over, and he- this dude, this dude gets the short end of the fucking stick. He stops to help this woman. Leatherface comes running around the corner. They both run into the car, and first of all. Drive away. Yeah. Fucking drive away. No, go out the other side. No, let me just fucking sit here while the leather face doesn't even get through the door. He's just hacking up, like, the outside, like, color coat, basically. Yeah. And they decide to go out the other end. He grabs his wrench and being chased. They could have gotten away in that very second. <laughs> they could have gotten away in a lot of different situations, but other things prevent things from happening. They're running away. She's from- hobbling a lot less from that head wound. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's regaining more consciousness. But I don't know exactly how much she was she was hit by that. But yeah, she uh, they're both running away. He throws the wrench that he grabbed out of the truck at Leatherface. I know he knocks down for a second. And you see a short. This is the actual. This is the only time you ever actually see the chainsaw cut anybody. Yeah, is when it cuts into his leg a little bit, just a little bit. Just but he like seems pretty bit. all right. Yeah, he, he's he's walking. He ain't running anymore. Yeah. Okay. This is the last portion you see the the uh, cattle driver in that last instance. This is complete chaos. You're this pickup driver. You see some fat dude just running around. Oh, I know. You see a bloody lady, and you see a dude with a leather mask with a chainsaw. With a chainsaw just chasing them both around. Your first instinct is to just stop real quick. And then, okay, I don't understand this, how he flings the car back around and then all of a sudden can't get the car started again. And then starts it and drives away. I guess it's supposed to give it that like air of like maybe she won't get away. No idea. But... 
you know, this is where we get the the. Yeah, we get. She is uh, maniacally laughing. She has gone full, she, like insane. This yeah, night but is, she like, she escaped. She got out. Yeah, and uh, and we get like the shot of her laughing, coupled with just Leatherface getting smaller and smaller on the screen as they get away. And now we get his final like. And we get just, this is his the fi- most iconic horror scene in my opinion. Yeah, is him. the chainsaw dance. And I love that. Uh, like this is his final act of aggression. Like he's pissed off so much that like he can't. He couldn't get the last girl. He couldn't get like his his family wanted him to kill everybody that came. He could he let one get away. Yeah, and he generally just like I'm guessing he just generally has that. Look need at that pirouette though. I know he is just swinging that chainsaw, that extension of his body around, and like pure rage that she got away. Yeah, that is a uh, I love that scene. That is definitely, in my opinion, the most iconic scene in horror movies is yeah. the chainsaw dance because it's also like a really beautiful shot. It is with the sunset. Like, the sun, yeah, the sun setting. Like it, it's he's yeah. still got like the the painted face on. Like yeah, yeah, and that concludes Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, to answer my and own question. I see little bits and pieces. Maybe uh, maybe I don't notice more stuff, but I probably understand more about this movie as I watch it more and more. But every time I see this movie, I come to I, – I feel like I come to understand it a little better and I love it a little more. I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I, I, the general, like – overall like story arc and, and theme of the movie is, is is pretty general and like easy to understand but it's all the little all the little shots all the little you know, like color scenes all the little like like Sally getting grabbed while we get a pan down to like a skull yeah like that kind of like symbolic shot yeah and even like um where like the 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 chicken in the cage is in, in that house like it's almost like like a symbolism like for them. Him. Well, like she saw that in there, and she once as soon as she saw that, like walked in there and they did the short little thing of like the chicken in the cage. Like she was trapped in that house. That was it. Yeah, she Just never leaves cage. that. She never as soon as she enters that house, she never leaves that house again. True. And she dies there. Yeah, she in the freezer, and she sees the chicken in the cage in the room of death. I don't know. You're right. No, no, I I buy it. I do like this movie more than Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street still tops. Yeah. Uh, still tops my uh, – my because I just – I don't know. I like – I'm excited to see what your opinion is going to be after watching Halloween though because I want to see if maybe that will top Elm Street. Me too. Me too. We'll, we'll see how that goes. We got to watch – we got to watch that together. All right. Speaking of which, we come to our final week of Horror's Big Four. And the final week of Horror's Big Four is going to be uh, Halloween, which – is going to be released on Halloween. It's released on Halloween. So. Spooky, scary, spooky, scary. Here's, here's the deal. When Halloween comes out, uh, you are going to hear about next month's set of movies. 
because uh, this is this is weird just because of how the release schedule uh, and how we chose to do things, uh, which we will reset for December. Right now, uh, doing a movie on Thursday and then trying to get another movie in two days later is going to be tough no, for us. Yeah. So what we are going to be doing, luckily for us, uh, November ends on a Saturday. So we can go right back to the first four Saturdays of the month is what we were planning on. Mm-hmm. Next month's movies will be revealed on social media. Along with next month's theme. Yes, along with next month's theme. They will be revealed on Halloween uh, shortly before or shortly after uh, the Halloween episode gets posted. So they will be on the 9th, 16th, 23rd, and 30th. Uh, so that will be the second week of November that that starts. Yeah. Uh, we will let you know when to send in notes for that. But uh, until then, we ask that if you want to send in notes for Halloween, you send in your notes for Halloween on Monday, October 28th. And if you want to send them in, you have a chance to have it possibly right on the show. And if you guys do write in, uh, please let us know if you want to add your name in and have that read on air. If you just want to leave it as anonymous, we can do that too. Yeah, it's true. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode. It was a lot of fun. This was my favorite movie. Uh, last week was your favorite movie. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens after Halloween. We'll I'm excited it. to see your reaction to it. Because how, how much have you seen of it? Just the big scenes. Just, just the like big the scenes? he came home. And okay. I've seen very little of Halloween. I'm definitely going to be staring at you the whole time, like, waiting to see your reactions. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh. You know, like a crazy person, but... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, thank you for joining us on Mango Movie Madness. Make sure that uh, if you want to see these announcements, follow, follow us. on our social media. At Mangled Movie Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. And follow us on our personal accounts. I am Ryan T. Larvey on Instagram and Twitter, and you are... T-P-E-N-U-C-H... On Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to send in your notes, send them into triple M podcast at outlook.com. Yeah. Please. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Please follow us guys. Uh, Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you haven't already Mm -hmm. for those who are on uh, listening to us on Apple podcast, if you want to come check us out on our home, our new home on anchor, uh, we are on Anchor, and Anchor is very nice. Uh, if you heard the little ad before it, it really is like super. I started using it to listen back to some of the uh, stuff that's worked, just to see how like maybe some of the audio is translated, see if it got any more compressed. Yeah, and it's just it's really nice. Uh, I'm actually looking for podcasts on Anchor to listen to. Mm-hmm. I just like its UI design. Nice. Really. Well, it's a newer platform. So download the Anchor so app and, uh, and follow Mangled Movie Madness there. And, uh, and you know, you can catch all of our episodes there. All, all 11 of our episodes. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. Have a good night. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is, there, is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay. Whew.